2013, you two, you two saw not, together. We're not talking about 2013. You got any stories on Sean? Because <laughs> everyone seems to come on there and have a story about Sean. <laughs> I, and I assume you must have I one. Was, I was no. exactly like Tom. I was not nice. Very don't, young. Don't, don't do usual. Don't shout over everyone. Let him have his moment. <laughs> Just be, be quiet, Sean. He, he never came out of his room. House of Rugby Ireland. Here on Joe. Game changed. So, Shawnee, is it coming home, mate? I, if I hear that, <laughs> I'll absolutely reef someone. Is that because you hate football or just being Irish, you hate England? No, it's just actually, it's actually the thought behind the whole, it's coming home. I was, I can't do it properly, but everyone is saying it and it's pretty annoying. I'd rather just watch the football and, uh, but the best of luck to England, in fairness, to have won a serious competition in, I don't know how many years, so... <laughs> I'm hoping to do it. <laughs> yeah. well, there we are. It might be. Fingers crossed for us. But welcome to House of Rugby, powered by Vodafone. This is episode three. Um, what was your weekend like, pal? I had actually a very, very good weekend. I went to, um, haven't been to race in a while, so I went to Sandown, um, put on a few small bets, won a, won a small few bob and uh, had a great time with a few mates. Any um, inside tips before you were there? Or? No, there wasn't, but um, I, I, I spotted this... Sonny Liston was a horse. Wasn't a favourite or anything, and I just liked the name. Backed him. 50 bob on the nose. Got back about 6.20, I think. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was an absolute cracker. So we did, we did a lovely day. We did a lovely day, to be fair. Yeah, grand. Well, we're lucky to have Tom Croft here. I think you meant to introduce him, pal. So uh, I was. I was. I was about to get to, get to that, so I was. But I <laughs> well, thought I our conversation was still running. Oh, no, nice. don't want me, lads. I'll just, I'll just sit here. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll introduce you now, It's just nice to be here. Leicester and England and British and Irish Lions. Tom Croft is with us tonight. Welcome, yeah. Tom. Good to see you, lads. Nice to be out of Leicester. You know, us Leicester boys stick to our own, so I'm in the big smoke. <laughs> who'd, have, who'd have funk it? Are you claustrophobic or you are? I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm sweaty. <laughs> Train coming down. Some weird taxi called Addison Lee. Never heard it before, but that, yeah. Mm. It's all good, mate. Yeah. What have you nice been up to this weekend, mate? Did you catch the Lions at all? I did. I'm not, as you probably know, I'm not a big rugby watcher, but it's the Lions. It's uh, it's 12 years since uh, I was last there, and it's nice to see the boys starting off against the Golden Lions. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited, actually. Nice, yeah. nice. Shawnee, uh, your dogs, you got the second one over yet, mate? Or is no, it I'm, I'm heading home this week now. I'm bringing back Drake with me, so that's the Black Drake, Lab. Is that- yeah, he's the Black Labrador. <laughs> um, so he's coming back. I'm getting the ferry when on Wednesday or Thursday and then I'm back a week later or ten days later. So he'll come back with me. So I'll have uh, I'll have two dogs in the in the flat with me and uh yeah, exciting times ahead. <laughs> nice. And you're not going to try and sell that app to me anymore, you? Gun dog, is it? Well, it's actually, it's actually. <laughs> you got really, shares in that because why, why as soon as you sent that to me, I thought I don't have shares, shares in it. I'm, I'm just genuinely, it's the best way to train any type of dog. It doesn't have to be a gun dog. It's just the simplest way. And I've done it with uh, with Zeus, the cocker spaniel, since he was a pup. And like he's literally like the most obedient dog in Tennington. Fact. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> everyone everyone says it to me. So really? Okay. It's a very good app, the gun dog app. Right, well, maybe I'll get it onto it. You know, little Cookie is a week old at my house. And cookie, your dog's called Cookie. Yeah, yeah she, nice. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. Say no more. Alex definitely yeah, picked no. that picked that name, didn't you? Well, she's a little dash hound, and she's Tip- you know, chocolate coloured with a little tan. Like, little handbag dog. Well, yeah. well, I'm in London. You know, I have all the countryside like yourself. That's what you do in London, to be fair. Yeah, you know, and she she's she's a beaut, to be fair, very cute and uh, very cuddly, just uh, not ideal at night time. As we this is not the conversation I was expecting on uh, yeah, House of Rugby. You had to check the name there. Yeah, so I did, I did, I did, yeah. <laughs> How many other podcasts are this week? Dogs. Is it <laughs> loads? <laughs> fair enough. Well, we'll get on to the game then because Crofty's obviously needs to get back to Leicestershire. You know, late night. What time was the last train? Ah, uh, I think it's. 
forward Damn. to that. Quarter two. Let's go. Crack on. Thoughts on the game? What did we learn, boys? Um, it was a good start. Um, you know, putting the game in Murrayfield to one side, I think it was, it's where we started in 09 against the Lions. It was Golden Lions back then, Sigma Lions now. It wasn't about showing too much. I think, uh, what you saw last night won't be what you see in sort of a couple of weeks time in terms of how we're going to uh, approach the set pieces. There was a lot of very quick lineouts, a lot of balls over the top to Harris. Uh, in terms of boys putting their hands up, from the outset, Hamish Watson, obviously fellow Oakham boy, you know, have to plug carrying on the, the tradition. Yeah. Um, Toje Laws, those boys, I think, were stand out. Um, Josh Adams, you know, that there's a lot of guys who've always, always played well for the country. I think they've really stepped up another notch. Um, Lions is about setting a standard and letting the boys the following game, uh, try and surpass it so it's a, it's a good start for the boys yeah it's always it's always a weird one the first few games in the line series I think I think I was just saying earlier it's probably in 2017 it was the it was the Crusaders game that really like was like a first test match as such where it went to another level the intensity of the way we were playing and what we were about and how we were going to play against the, the All Blacks so I, I presume it's it's very similar now. It's kind of the same kind of traits. They've had two games now to warm in. Two different teams, massive amount of changes, seven seven or eight changes last weekend, maybe a bit more actually. And still some standout performance as well. You talk with Hamish Watson, I thought he was unbelievable again. Um, I thought Chris Harris put his hand up. Someone who there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, about him being in the squad, etc., but like very dangerous with the ball in his hand. Something we haven't seen a whole lot of him probably do with Gloucester because he's defensively so sound. So it was it's 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 not going to set the world alight just yet, the tour. But they're building and lads are getting game time. Um you know, I did I did think there's a few things that we've seen yesterday that like I thought Finn was a little bit loose at times. Um and he's going to be like that because he has that X factor. But is it going to be a problem when it gets into the into the big stuff? Like because but, but on that yeah. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of talk about Finn and Owen playing together, how that would go. Um, you know, I, I personally thought, you know, it, it wasn't a match made in heaven. I thought if you're going to go down that route, you have to have a very big 13 or a big winger playing. Like you see, England did it with Ford, Fowl and Manu. You know, in the last Lions, you had Sexton Fowl and you had Jonathan Davis, you know, to do a lot of the ball carrying. Mm. Um, interestingly, your, your guys, your thoughts on that and how, how you saw it go out really I mean you're asking me to comment on the backs I mean let's face it I did the line out and stood out wide on the width waiting for the ball to come back to me so uh, I actually thought it worked okay um, I think I thought uh, Finn and Farrell actually swapped and were interchangeable in terms of Fast stepping up at 10 uh, when Finn was going out the back so I think in terms of that it probably did work um, mm. South Africa having the unexpected against them is probably actually a good idea um, you know what they're going to bring after they showed it against uh, Georgia they're going to be powerful they're going to be set piece orientated and try and take you apart as they have done over the last 10-15 10, 15, uh, 10 years so I think showing something different will potentially outwit them um, there's some guys in there again like I say haven't had a huge amount of international experience again they're the sort of players who are going to shine because they're not known I think guys shine who aren't known especially on the international stage could you know this, this tour could be the making of them but against South Africa, you still have to do the basics well. You have to get over the game line, first and foremost, and you have to defend Delindy or whoever's coming around the corner after that. You know, the game line's so important. And I think it's just something to look going forward. Having both of them, I think, is 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 a luxury at this stage. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I, I didn't think it was a bad like idea to put them there, obviously, to try them, because it could happen down the line. I just think it was a little bit of misread 
Finn double pumped a few times like he does at the line Faz overran him once or twice a few small bits like that and they haven't to be fair they're actually training together probably only a week because they arrived late etc so and as a combination probably only since Monday or Tuesday of last week so there's a few bits like that I think that they'll, they'll get it right but they just need to get used to each other and um, you could see some of the mistakes they made as a 10-12 for instance but I thought when Faz went in at 10 in that last 20 of the game we start to play a little bit mm. more balls out the back. He had to kind of he had the ship running a little bit more mm. smoothly, I thought. And that's what I'm saying is Finn like is he going to control those bits and pieces when when the real pressure is on? Yeah, I think I think for me, um and obviously I'm biased, but I thought when Farrell was at ten and it daily came on, we did look really dangerous. Now, I'm pretty sure if Finn had been at ten then and Farrell had gone off, then it would have been pretty similar as well. I just yeah. think that it worked really well. You had Harris carrying, you had Elliot playing out wide, using his ball playing, and we looked really dangerous. But I guess, you know, do we, do we think that Faz is going to play 10 next week or is he going to continue at 12 on the game on Wednesday? Um, I don't know. In terms of turnaround, obviously you've got the Sharks coming up. Um, I think in terms of, I think there was a fair bit of pressure on Finn's shoulders. He was selected. He was seen as this maverick, a bit of a loose player over and above someone like Sexton, who's that sort of, he's proved himself on the international stage. So there was probably some pressure on Finn. The double pumping, as you say, was probably a result of him just sort of trying to find his way in this. And as I say, it, it was the first game. You're at altitude. I remember playing the first game, first training session in Johannesburg. I wasn't aware we were at altitude. I remember training thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm absolutely <laughs> blown out my ball. Like, literally out my bollocks. I thought you were in Leicestershire, did you? Yeah, literally. I thought, I thought I could see the sea. Yeah. So I couldn't work out why I was dying. So for the first game in South Africa, being in Joburg, the boys have been absolutely blowing. I remember in 09, Steve Ferris went from R22 and ran the length of the pitch and almost had a heart attack in, sure. in the trial. You remember? Yeah. 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 It was unbelievable. So you've got to forgive boys for potential, you know, not thinking because, you know, once you're out of oxygen, trying to think, Christ, I struggled at ground level, let alone being yeah. 10,000 metres, but it's not 10,000 metres at all, but whatever many <laughs> metres you are above sea level, it is bloody tough. Yeah, see, I suppose it's easy for us to sit here now and like pull, dissect the game and stuff, but that is a major point in the whole thing, you know, playing at altitude, first game, especially the first 15, 20 minutes and something like that, and then the last 15 or 20 as well, if you're still on the field at that stage. But he put, he did, like in fairness to him, he pulled off some glorious touches as well. I, I, I've just like I've just kind of this thing is like where's where does he where does he get the balance right? Um, especially just because he can he can produce a, a, a piece of brilliance, but in the, these test games you have to be so calculated about it, especially against the world champions. I, I, th I think it's so hard um, mm. because. The, it, there's no one in the world better at the kick pass. You know his little chips, yeah, his ability to throw, throw those flat passes is exceptional. But then, you know, knowing Warren Gatland without getting the whole of Scotland on my back, it's more knowing Gatland and you guys know him better than me. But when he's trying to run it from his own post and he gets intercepted and it gets a bit too loose, it doesn't strike me. He doesn't strike me as the sort of person who's going to want that fly half. You know, the damn bigger Owen Farrell kind of fly half. That's what he. He wants, you know, someone more solid who's going to run the ship, keep everyone moving, control the game and make their kicks. And, and Finn's the opposite and he kind of knows he's not bigger and not foul. So he's gone, well, I'm going to go and play the Joe card even more and double down on the crossfield kicks, the chips, the long passes, the maverick plays. And I guess that we'll see what happens. Yeah, it, altitude's no joke. Um, it's tough. Uh, but I thought the boys were excellent. Um, some of the stuff we played was brilliant. Uh, 
and yeah, it's, it's a definite step uh, up from from where it was at Japan, and we you know there's loads of things to work on, which is which is pleasing as well. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, I was happy too. You know, we had we, we had a full week's uh, prep um, for this game, and yeah, look, you know, because it's a you know it's a shorter tour, if you like, with a few less warm-up games. Um, you know, you've got to take your chance when you get it, and uh, every opportunity you get to play is is a is a chance to, to make a statement. So you've got to take them. Do you think four tries in a game is a good statement for a test squad? Well, who knows? You know, there's a, there's a few more games to come. You know, there's other boys with plenty of other opportunities, but uh, you can only do uh, you can only do what you can when uh, when you get the chance. That's that's the thing we always say prior to to you know in the change rooms prior to going out in the weeks. You know, lads having their first game for the for the Lions today. There's, it's pointless doing it unless you're going to enjoy it. You know, enjoy the moment. It's a special occasion for everybody. Whether you've played for the Lions nine times, you know, done three tours of your first time, it's always special. And um, like you said, if you play any smile on your face, then usually um, you play some good stuff. And I thought we we, we definitely did that at times. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome for me to get my uh, to get my first appearance for the Lions, and uh, yeah, a good win for the team. A lot to work on, um, but no, I thought I thought it's a team definitely heading in the right direction with four more warm-up games to go. Yeah, Hoggy was really good tonight. Obviously, he's been the captain for the last few years for Scotland. And he's done an amazing job, and I think tonight he led really well. He's obviously got a lot of other leaders around him, um, which probably helped him as well because um, you've got so many experienced players out there. But uh, I thought Hoggy did really well, and uh, obviously that standout moment where he tracked back and made that really important tackle, that was a big turning point in the game at that stage. And uh, yeah, amazing work rate by him uh, to get back and make that tackle for the team. Yeah, I think it's another it's another week on, isn't it? It's another week of uh, of Steve and the other coaches implementing their strategies. So it's players getting used to that. Obviously, it was a different test tonight as well. Um, a big physical team, but Japan, are, we you know how good an outfit Japan are. So uh, they, we got tested in different ways last week, in different ways today. Uh, I thought our cage defence, our defence in that, our own 22 in that first half especially was really good and we, there was a big turning point in the game where we managed to um, keep them out when they were attacking for a good 5-10 minute period and I think that was um, that stands in good stead going forward as well um, I'm not really sure uh, no, I was, just, I was happy with sort of happy with my individual performance tonight um, I still think there's a lot to work on and I think I can probably still have more involvements but I think uh, as a team it was, it was a great performance and I think there's a lot to work on for, for Wednesday and for the next the next four warm-up games and we're going to get tested um, in different ways but I think uh, overall it was, it was a good performance by the team. Yeah I think training's been like you know when you go from club stuff to Scotland stuff and then to Lions stuff it's uh, an even bigger step up I think uh, you know that, that was led from the front by people like Alan Wynn in the first few weeks and now with the other leaders stepping up as well um, the intensity and training's right up there. Uh, short sessions, but everything's 100%. You have to be very much on it. And like you say, the, the uh, competition for places is immense. There's so many good back rowers. Um, so, yeah, every time you get a chance, like, like Jadu was just saying there, every time you get a chance, you've got to try and put your best foot forward and try and take it. Moving on to the back row, obviously, you mentioned Hamish. You know, what was it that stood out for you guys or why he was so good? I just think everything when before the tour saying, you know, is Hamish big enough, which is it's just a load of rubbish. You know, I thought that whole size thing had gone out when Bucky was playing. Um, the way Hamish just from minute one was just, he's a physical, I mean, the size of him. I mean, 
yeah. it makes you look small. I mean, you're 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 a sizable lump, you know, when you're drinking on the beer. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he, he only, he only on plays ten minutes a week at Irish, so he does get big. <laughs> He's on the what bike for the other eight here. Um, I just thought the way he handled himself, the way he he got involved with the game, the hits he was making, the way he carried. Um, he was a nuisance. You know, he's he's your typical sort of seven. Mm. I think the, the whole thing about is he big enough? Um, it's just a load of rubbish. I mean, it's just he was class. Um, it was being sweet to him before the game. Uh, little tap on the backside after the game. It's just he's just for me. He is that nailed in seven. But it's obviously how that then works with the dynamics of the rest of the backer options you've got. Because yeah. I know it's been one game. He was class. You've got a raft of other players coming through. Yeah, and and then. You do like I. I thought he was class yesterday as well. I just thought his general work rate. He's still 105 like kilos. Everyone thinks he's lighter than that. Like he's still that's it's ten in the mallet though, isn't it? Yeah, but there's he was he was effective in his carry. He was effective in defence yesterday. He worked incredibly hard. Like you, then I kind of if you're looking at it from a test starter, you're saying to yourself, right, he has his hand up in the air now. But then you look at the opposition yesterday as well, and you think, oh, oh where are they? Like in compared to let's say Wednesday when they play the Sharks. Uh, who who's let's say Tom Curry going to be coming up against? What type of back row are they going to have? And then, like you say yesterday, looking at Hamish, that he's he's there thereabouts now. But then Curry, like you know what he's been about the last two years, and he's going to this is going to be his first game in the seven shirt for the Lions. So competition is mega there at the minute. Yeah, because absolutely you, mega. Because you said yeah you know, a couple of weeks ago, you said Tom Curry was nailed on number seven, and yeah. you love Tipperick and you love Watson. Mm. Has that changed from the weekend? I mean, or and for yourself, you know, what would be your back row I, I, dynamic? I, I or definitely makeup? think it's changed a little bit from from in my own head. Anyway, I, I think Hamish put his hand up now. I did think the way Tom was playing, he was just untouchable in terms of his his physicality, his turnover rate, and Gats is going to look at this stuff. It's like Ty Byrne at six. No one's really said much about him at six, but. He's the most turnovers in the Six Nations, for instance. And he's, like, you know what I mean? He's he's effective in what he does. He's a nuisance around the place. And you have, would you have Watson and Curry together? Probably not, to be fair, because you're going to have, you're going to miss out on someone like Courtney or, you know, whoever's in the, whoever's in the row. And then you might have Courtney at six as another lineup option, especially against what way we're going to try and play in these tests, which is going to be confrontational, first and foremost. And you want to dominate your set piece and have weight there. So, so first test for you, who would be your back row? I think the back right row for the first test is going to be Curry, Falatau, and Tyburn. And would, you say you think would you pick the same? I pick that. I pick that on on just current currently what's happened, and then I'd have definitely have Hamish on the bench, and then a back row, second row probably. And you, Crofty? It's one game in. It's really hard to say. As you said, mm. Curry will play his first game hopefully on Wednesday. Uh, first time on the Lions shirt and he'll go absolutely hell for, hell for leather. Uh, the best place that Gats can be in a few weeks' time picking a test team is not having a clue which way to go. You know, A, that's a great way in terms of competition within the squad. It also stops there being a divide. You don't want the veg disappearing off on a sort of a midweek jolly because the test team are playing. You want competition to be till the Friday night and, and the coaches are pulling their hair out. Uh, for me... I mean, I was that impressed with uh, with Hamish yesterday that I think you know he he should be in there. I was impressed with how Lawsy went, mm. and then you back in terms of your number eight, Simmons needs a shot. Um, I, I said about the unknown in terms of players coming in, Safka not really knowing what he's about, bar watching him, what he's done for Exeter. He could be a, a real wild card to throw in there. And then if you if you approach it the way that Eddie Jones has approached England, 
it's not about having you know a guy on the bench it's a finisher i hate the, the whole term being a finisher because i'm sure i don't know if you were even involved with when it was called finishes <laughs> i was in the water squad mate <laughs> just holding was tackle pads. Yeah. Yeah, i wasn't really there yeah he was for the boys he was finishing training <laughs> you were popping over on the tuesday like the rest of us yeah yeah um, I think, you know, having, say, maybe a Watson starting and a Curry coming on or vice versa, I think the, the pressure on being that starter has disappeared. I think you need, it's, it's a full 20, 23 man squad. Mm. You know, well, we, we had Adam Jones on here a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about how Gats will look at training more than anyone else in terms of selection, what they're doing day in, day out, not just on the games. So do you think that plays into the sort of form more than reputation? Or do you think Gatton will go, well, we don't know how strong the midweek games are, so you have to still pick on reputation. You know, like if Curry doesn't play that well on Wednesday, but he's been so good in the Six Nations and for the last year, does he get picked? Or I actually don't think he does because he could say that about, let's say, me and Warbs when we were battling it out as well because he was like, he picked us for the last test together. But before that, he was like, right, well, well you've played better, so you're going to start. So I think he he picks on what he sees there and then. To be fair to Gats, um, and if that's if that's if 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 Tom doesn't play well during the week, it's Hamish's Hamish is in, in the number one spot in my opinion. Then like, but I'm just saying the way Tom has played, I can't see him having really that bad game uh, such and and not doing what he's done now consistently over the last two seasons. Like he's been outstanding. So. But I, t- I do think Gats picks on what he sees there and then. I don't think he, he sometimes has perception. It's like dropping O'Driscoll, like, for instance. He d- he doesn't mind making big, big calls. Um, whether that be a player who's been unbelievable during the Six Nations or for the last two seasons, if they're not unbelievable right there and then, you know, you're, you're not going to be in the team. And I guess on that, you know, someone who's played two games now, played unbelievably well, Josh Adams, scored a, four tries. I know a lot of them you'd say... You know, you could hobble over with your one hip for some of them, but um, you know, I, I thought he's been very impressed so far as, as a back three. Reese Samit for me, you know, he's lightning quick. He can do things with the ball which others can't, but he needs the ball to come to him. And I think some of the other wingers can go looking for it better and and such. And I feel like he still needs a big game if he wants to get himself on the test team. Uh, and and Hogg was, was solid, but we didn't quite see him at his, his perhaps best. And whether that's the captaincy or not, he wasn't at his counter-attacking best. He wasn't getting in those wide channels and beating men as much as you'd want to see from him, really. I love this is the way that rugby's gone, that he's asking two fours to, to yeah. diagnose yeah. the back play. We are, um, really we are. We are. Oh, I, well, I, you I you spent a bit of time, time. In, the, in the wide <laughs> channel. Come on, like, <laughs> yeah. Crofty, your highlights were unbelievable. I was 15 when I was 16. Really? Yes. So I know a bit about back three play. I saw a picture of you when you were younger the other day. You didn't look slim, pal. <laughs> you've done well, I'll tell Run you what. Sp- you've made the most out of that rig. I, I didn't kick a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Straight tr- truck back, was it rugby league? <laughs> but I think in terms, of, in terms of the backs, I think Josh Adams, not only, you know, four tries. Yeah, say some of them were Walkins. Um, but his kick chase off of, uh, off of, uh, off the box kicks were, was superb. In terms of Hoggy, yeah, maybe, you know, the couple of games he didn't start for extra in the back end, end of the season, maybe sort of, you know, stumbled stumbled his form a little bit, but I thought in terms of his you know his work rate, his ability, you know that chasing down, yeah, he was chasing down at number eight at the end, but still made that tackle, the turnover, regathered the ball. So the class is there. I think for me, Hoggy's the starting fifteen. Uh, Josh Adams, you know, f- for Lewis on your other wing, you'd be I'm sure as a wing, you'd be pretty annoyed that all the all the love's going to one wing. He gets one kick, one score. 
pretty decent. Um, you know, you're still a Lions test scorer, uh, not test scorer, a Lions scorer. So mm. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. It's the first game, the first real game, ignoring Murrayfield. There's a lot going on. The Sharks on Wednesday will be a huge test for the boys. We haven't brought you along just to sit on the fence, mate, so we want your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the first game. I, th- I think the other thing with Josh Adams is that Gats said afterwards in his interview was quite interesting. So he was, he's, he's been the top try scorer in every competition he's been in in the last five seasons, uh, Josh Adams has, which is quite impressive because he was in the championship, wasn't he, for a while? Uh, well, a while back but he, even in the yeah. premiership he, he, he was a top he, try scorer yeah, back he then came from nowhere yeah. and, he, and he, he's a real finisher and sometimes when he first came on people were a bit shocked like he's quite quick he's quite strong and stuff, but he finds himself really well on those positions to score tries and it is a knack yeah and he's brave and he's and, and you know what I mean he, he puts himself about as well he's quite quite a tough lad by all accounts so um, I, I genuinely think he's he's nailed on I think he's nailed on on the wing, and I know there's, I know there's other lads like you have Watson, you've all these boys come back in now as well in the week, like. But I just think, I just think Gats loves him. I think he really, really loves what he's about and his try scoring ability, and he does have his, he does have his few favourites to be fair to him. Hundred so. percent. I think it will be, you're if you're his favourite, you're in a great spot. Yeah. Unless you do something stupid, proper stupid, and you, don't you break, co- don't break COVID. Don't break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's the risk, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we got a quote here from Gatlin. It's interesting to see you guys have been under him, you know, with his mind games and everything. He said afterwards that um, we haven't come here just to make up the numbers, even though there are a few journalists writing us off saying we're going to get hammered, so hopefully we can keep improving. Is that just him with classic mind games, or is it because what have you seen in the press that's sort of backs it up, really? I don't know. I'd say it's a fairly dismissive comment from him. Um, Wanting just to take the, take the the light away from the Lions squad, you know they've, they're in a bubble. It's it's a real strange tour this year. Um, there's no fans. They're basically staying in one hotel. They're in a group. They won't be seeing things. Um, it, it's a strange environment to be in. But um, if, if Lions are the underdogs, happy days. That's a great position to be in. The boys know the squad, how good they are. They can go out there. They can win every single game midweeker and leads himself into the test and absolutely go health level out of the box who haven't played a huge amount of rugby since the World Cup final. Mm. So uh, is it Gats just doing a bit of an Eddie Jones, just playing a straight back, take the attention away from the team, potentially? De- yeah, definitely. I think exactly. I think if you hit the nail on the head, Crafty, it's... And the other thing about it is, it, within, within, within the camp as well, the boys will know what Gats has been saying in terms of the media. Like, it's such a small bubble now at the minute. Some lads don't look at it at all, but I think it's, it's going to be hard to get away from it now the way things are um, and they'll use it as a little bit of motivation I think there's a few boys in there that'll use that little bit of firepower when it comes to do it to shut, shut a few people up so I don't think it's been too hard, it's too bad to be fair any of the media stuff that's gone out there um, but uh, yeah he's, he's definitely trying to take take a bit of pressure and a bit of heat away from the squad well, look, um, if the viewers and listeners want to head over to the official British and Irish Lions app, Power Vodafone, they can select their starting 15 for the first test. Crofty wants to sit on the fence a bit longer, clearly, but others can crack on. Uh, there's also the ability for fans to select their player of the series. After each game, users can vote for players with points going forward towards the overall player of the series. So after yesterday's game, who are the contenders and also, who is your player of the game? So, who is your man of the match for yesterday? Well, I, w- I genuinely would have given it to Watson, to be honest. Um, I know... Um, we're happy. Yeah. He's an Oaken boy, so we're very happy with <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I t- definitely think Watson, just his overall performance was outstanding. Yeah. Crofty? 
echo his comments um oaken boy you gotta stick with him you know um it was class he uh he stepped up first game he, he set the level for for curry to to chase and uh hopefully curry you know goes above that and it, it makes a real interesting uh dilemma for gatland well make sure you head down to the official british and irish lions app and get your votes in so let's bring in our bock on the ground skull brits uh how are you mate i'm fantastic guys uh hello yeah, we've got uh, Tom Croft here, so you would have played against him a few times. How you doing, mate? Hello, bud. <laughs> He's given us a, a lot of hard times, uh, Giddy, during our careers. He has, he has. When that Leicester dominance was there, it was, it was tough. But <laughs> let's get back to, to you and the family. Obviously, uh, we saw on Instagram the kids were all singing the national anthem. Did you, did you teach them the words or they just sing along with the tune? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the tune is so catchy, you know? But actually, they, they, they first got to know God Save the Queen, uh, and we've got uh, a shoot tomorrow, walking up Lion's Head, and Christian asked if he can wear his Lion shirt. I said, no way you're wearing a Lion shirt, as you are proudly South African, you're supporting only one team, and that's a box. Do not put that Lion shirt for the next three, what, two months. Do not put that on. He obviously wants to pick the winner. He knows that. So, uh, you know, well done to him. But on to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on to uh, South Africa. Um, you know, it was a slow start, was it, for them? But they came through well against Georgia. What were your thoughts on the game? I think they were quite nervous, um, Goody. It's the first time they've played together since the World Cup. I think they put a very high expectation on their performance. Started very slow, very, for me, uh, quite nervous. Made a lot of unforced errors but for me there was uh, well first of all it was a game it's a start of of Jock's um, coaching uh, as head coach uh, Rassi was there as well so things internally won't change much uh, but it was nice for the boys to run out so it's, it's a start and, and hopefully uh, they'll build on this week weekend um, and then hopefully they'll be okay uh, when the first test comes against the Lions, because that's actually the only game that matters, is the test against the Lions. What What have you learned from What have you learned from the game yesterday? What players maybe stood out to you? Who did Who did you think was sharp? <laughs> Who's a little bit behind the eight ball? Maybe uh, for me, I, I thought they're going to play Steer eight, uh, playing Kwaha. Uh, is a bit different to what Dwayne brings. I must say, Bongi played extremely well. The same with Eben. The Eben and Franco combination works. Uh, although I think Lewitt brings a different dimension. Then you've got Peter Steele that didn't play for almost 18 months with a very bad injury. And he was just the normal Peter Steele to tour that I, I could remember from the World Cup. Uh, for me, Corbus uh, was brought a spark from nine perspectives, so it's going to be interesting to see who they're going to pick at nine. Is it going to be Fafa? Will Fafa come in or just to slot in? Fassi as a full-back played out of position. They played him on wing. What a phenomenal rugby player. I think he brings a, a different dimension, especially with Vili there. Um, I mean, on high balls, we'll, we'll get peppered uh, by the Lions, so we want, we want to be great in the air. And, and then for me, you know, a guy that stood out was Damon Villains coming off the bench. Maybe he can play the same kind of role that uh, Franz Stein pl- played during uh, the World Cup if we want to go with our 5-2 splits. So that would be interesting. It was nice to see Jasper getting his first cap 
But I think Ox Bongi or the, and Trevor did a, a great job. And then with Malcolm, Stephen and France coming off the bench, uh, they brought that dominance again from a forward perspective. Uh, I, I do think we still miss a guy like Archia uh, and Lewitt, Um because the big secret we think from our, our, our win in the World Cup ball was actually our bench. You know, things were quite tight normally uh, from minute till minute 50. And when we brought on the bomb squad, they, they opened up the game. But obviously, you know, you haven't had much time together. Um, it's been a long time since South Africa have played. As a first hit out, what was the sort of media reaction, uh, reaction across the country really from it? I think when I spoke to the guys that was at the game itself, you know, the commentators and the players, it's just extremely weird playing a test test match in front of no crowds. I mean, that's one of the things in South Africa. The crowds do get involved quite a bit. Um, you could hear Jesse Creel screaming on the mic, even watching the game, um, because he does organise the defence quite a bit. So um, I think they'll tick the box and said it was a was the first out. Um, we need to um, limit the unforced errors and get them, get a bit of momentum. But as a team, I think they want to build on this, as I said, and, and improve next weekend. But if, if we as, as ex-rugby players or, or supporters look at the game, we weren't up to scratch if you compare that to the Lions that played against the Lions this weekend. Um, you know, the, the game, the physicality, but the way they run their plays was quite, for me, was good. And obviously for the Lions, they've got the Sharks up on Wednesday. Um, do you expect a similar test as, as the Lions had last weekend or a tougher test? <laughs> I think from the Lions' perspective, they, they couldn't play their best squad. Uh, I think the Sharks will be a bit t- tougher than the Lions, but not to the standard that, that actually the Lions want uh, for me, I hope um, the Lions get overconfidence playing against these sides because it's not the same. We can't play our international. We've got a bigger squad of players uh, that's in the camp at the Springboks, so that means uh, lesser of a squad in the local games. You know, So from that perspective, uh, in 2009, we could almost pick our best sides um, by the Springboks. Now the squad is bigger. There's less depth, more players playing uh, abroad. So uh, a very inexperienced provincial side playing is a very experienced line side. So I think not much will change. We'll put a fight up um, till about minute 50 and then the lines will slowly but surely dominate the game. Who do you think is the, is going to be the toughest sort of provincial game prior to the test starting? So where can, I suppose, the Lions fans sort of say, well, if the boys go well... In that game, they're in a good stead for the test matches. I, th- I think the game they they need to look at to see if they want to get measured is actually the the SAA side um, to see where they are. Provincially, um, it is actually either the Shocks or the Bulls. But once again, they've both lost a lot of players to the to the Springbok squad. So for me, it's it's the provincial games is making sure they they get their formations right, players stay match fit and sharp, uh, but I think the SAA game at Newlands will be the, the first test to see w- where they are, and then, you know, I mean, they've played, well, just come from a long European season, so they'll be sharp, we need to sharpen up, so I think, once again, Tom, it's that SAA side. 
Will's name and be a big loss uh, as there's as there is reports over this side that he that he mightn't actually be fit for the for the actually tests. Well, it's a massive loss. I haven't I haven't played with an athlete like that. I mean, he's I think six seven six eight. He weighs one hundred and twenty five. He ran um, the hundred and close to eleven or just under eleven. I mean, he's he's truly an athlete. Probably, yeah. He's just a phenomenal athlete. He will be massively uh, missed in our squad. He's, uh, as I read in the newspapers today, um, he went for skin graft. So, yes, a player like that will be missed. That's what happens. That's what happens when you play with fire and no, Ireland. Sorry, just interrupt. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I don't know a rugby player who it's doesn't run 11 the seconds. I don't know anything about a fire. That's <laughs> Pouring petrol on a fire is never a good idea. <laughs> don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> hey, sometimes you need to light the fire, I say. <laughs> Uh, Zgala, it's been great chatting to you. Uh, thanks for giving us the lowdown on what's going on in South Africa, and we look forward to hearing from you next week. Thanks, guys. Lots of love. Um, um, yeah, thank you for the chats, and have a good night. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, good night. Okay, as we've heard, boys, from uh, Schalke, uh, he mentioned 2009. What's your memories, Tom, from 2009? Give us a little bit of an insight of what it's like over there in South Africa's backyard. To be fair, I've actually, uh, I've actually had to watch the, the DVD or the video, whatever it was, the VHS, mm-hmm. to uh, sort of remind myself. Um, it wasn't until obviously the Lions started to gain momentum that I started to realise like, it's been 12 years and I had to sort of remind myself. And I'd always thought the games would be, we'd been smoked by the, by the, by the box, but we actually hadn't. It was actually quite a close, uh, quite, quite a close series, which was actually quite nice to see. And I probably should have done some homework prior to it. But, uh, you know, in terms of how it was, I mean, obviously I wasn't involved early on. Obviously Quinlan, was selected in front of me, then he got banned. Um, Stephen Ferris obviously then got injured in training, which probably gave my, you know, myself my opportunity to, to start in the test matches. So for me, it was, I was 23 years old, proper sort of rabbit in headlights, you know, surrounded by guys who I'd come up through school watching play. Um, and I was probably pretty timid, um, scared of messing up, didn't want to let the team down. And so obviously being selected in the first test match, I was, yeah, I was, Proper shit well, you were, you were like a rabbit, weren't you? <laughs> when you were scoring those two tries, you were, you were running fair, like one. To be fair, I think there's the, the two tries sort of totaled at exactly about 10 <laughs> metres in terms of running yards and most outs come from Drico and, uh, and Doc. So, uh, no, for me, it was just, it was, it would always be the highlight. Obviously, 2013, obviously meeting yourself, you know, obviously that was a highlight. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> 2009 will always be the one which I say is the pinnacle, whether it was to do with my age, the fact that the Lions hadn't been in a great place in 2005 following the New Zealand tour. Yeah. We lost the two first tests, apparently quite closely, as I found out by watching the DVD. And obviously winning that last test, who's going the length, giving it the big into the crowd and all that. It was, uh, it was just an incredible experience. Um, probably how it came around having, you know, I probably got caught up with the media hype prior to selection thinking, well, Stuart Barnes has said that I'm in, so I must be into the yeah, squad. Yeah. And then uh, I remember getting announced at training. Harry has got selected and I didn't. And Cocker just gives us a tap on the backside and said, right, let's crack on. We were obviously playing Leinster in the final. Yeah. Up in Edinburgh against you boys, uh, which obviously we, we lost. But um, it was just, it wasn't a lot of time to compute what was going on. So by the time we played the final and focused on that, uh, then went out in Edinburgh for a few drinks. We flew down to Penny Hill Park, and I think that that afternoon we were off to South Africa. So you didn't actually have the time to think what was going on uh, for the ne- for the nerves to sort of build. And then, yeah, apart from not yeah realizing you weren't at sea level when you're actually ten thousand meters up in the air, 
um, it all came very, very quickly. And I was surrounded by guys I've been watching for years. So it was, uh, mate, it was class. One of, one of the things that we have discussed quite a bit on the show as well is the, the after-feel antics in South Africa. Like we said, we've said, we've discussed it here with different guests as well of how much is that going to be missed? How much crack did you have in 09 out there? How, like, how fun was it? Like off the field, together in the team rooms, the fans, everything. I think it's going to be a huge, there's obviously going to be a huge factor on this tour, not having all that. In terms of off the field sort of antics, social media again put sort of pay to that. I mean, I'm not talking sort of anything sort of, you know, dark and sordid or anything like that but it's just things that potentially you would have done 10 15 20 years ago which you probably wouldn't do now in case it got misconstrued as something wrong or yeah. inappropriate so i think the times have changed i mean whenever i go to a rugby dinner you listen to the guys like willie john or dean rich is talking about things and christ you wouldn't get away with <laughs> you'd it, be yeah. locked up for something <laughs> you genuinely never again that's the key there as you're going so that sort of thing will change um in terms of, is Lions more professional now? It probably is. I think every year it gets more and more professional mm-hmm. from 09 to 13. We had a good crack in 13. Yeah. In 17, was that different to 13 in terms of off-field? Maybe uh, not, potentially maybe not. not. Yeah, not as much. Coley, Coley is pretty loose. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but no, I'd say this year, there isn't that red army. There's not the, you won't be coming out of the hotel going to a test match and the hotel was swamped by uh, by flags. Um, so that will be different. That will be something to sort of get used to. But the guys who played just played a whole season in front of empty, empty yeah. stadiums. This, this seem, this, the boys seem to have a bit of a bond already, though. Even the tries at the weekend, you know what I mean? They've seemed very tight-knit already. And that's a good, that's obviously a really good thing going into what they're going into. Who did you, who was your kind of fella that you, that you got the grips with over there in 09? Who was, who was someone that you really got, got tight with over there? Uh, to be fair, myself and Harry Ellis basically went off and played Scrabble most evenings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Classic, Classic Leicester Cleek. That is so Leicester. Leicester. <laughs> oh, you never change, eh? <laughs> I, told you, mate, you. I was 23 years old. I was scared of, scared of everyone. You should, you should have said yes to everything. Going, I wasn't going up to Mr. O'Driscoll asking him to play Scrabble, was I? So <laughs> I, I stuck with Harry. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think the boys... It won't be publicised, but presumably they've been on the piss. Yeah, I mean, have, the, the day one, you go on the piss. That's how you get to know each other. Mm. Day two, after the game last night, presumably they're on the piss. That's yeah. That was the, probably the biggest standout thing for me in 09 was whether you played the Saturday game, you played the midweek game, you all went out to a nightclub, you all went out to a bar, all went to a disco back in the day. Yeah, Discotheque. Discotheque. Uh, with the flares. Had a few beers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the boot cuts. Yeah, yeah. Had a few beers and that's how you get to know a team. So I think what you saw last night, like you said, they've, they've been together for however long. They've been absolutely beasted mm-hmm. uh, over in Jersey in, in, in the bacon hot sun and uh, having a few beers and it's the start of a team and it's going to look yeah. class. That's why I was going to say, you know, do you reckon the Saffers will be concentrating on themselves purely and not looking too much into the Lions because they've been away apart for so long? Do they need time to bond again? I mean, do you think they will analyse the Lions as much as they would have done in normal circumstances or is it just about them? I think knowing Razzie and, and the way he's operating in Munster and stuff, they'll have the, the Lions boys properly like done to a fine tee before this ever got near this this tour at this stage that's how much detail he goes into in the opposition initially I think now they'll start looking after themselves but you know it's going to be an interesting tour it'll, it'll be uh, it'll be a, a nice one now come the first test and in other things well what? hang on hang on, hang on. What? 
2013, you two, you two toured not, together. We're not talking about 2013. You got any stories on Sean? Because <laughs> everyone seems to come on here and have a story about Sean. I, and I assume you must have I one. Was, I was no. exactly like Tom. I was not nice. Very don't, young. Don't do the usual. Don't shout over everyone. Let him have his moment. <laughs> Just be, be quiet, Sean. He, he never came out of his room. Yeah. And him, that's I, where the lies <laughs> stop. Shawnee, <laughs> <laughs> just like you, playing Scrabble himself, was he? Crafty, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Yep, you've what, gone very what red you, there, mate. What have you been up to nowadays? What, what are you doing nowadays? Tell us, tell us a little bit about your, your life. life at the minute. Um, obviously, it's coming soon for yourself, I presume. Yeah. The body's, uh, the yeah. body's getting old. Three I mean, geez, you must three be 38, 39 by now. You've told, <laughs> <laughs> you've told that reach 24 still. Yeah. Um, years at Jersey. Mm. I'm actually, I'm working for a, a housing developer. I basically... I retired on a Monday. I was told by the doc, you can't carry on playing. You're buggered. So I retired on a Monday. Next three months, I, I shot, I drank, didn't really do much else. Yeah. No pre-planning. I was Peter Pan as far as I was concerned. I was playing forever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, three months later, I was like, I haven't got a job. And uh, so yeah, thankfully, uh, a, a friend of a friend uh, through an old uh, Okamian, you know, they do come in handy. Um, and I've gone into housing, into land buying for a, a housing developer, Davidson's Homes. Um, there aren't other house builders. They are the best. <laughs> quick plug down the camera. Then. <laughs> oh, sorry. So yeah, quick, that camera one. Davidson's yeah. homes. They are the best. <laughs> yeah, you're in um, the Leicestershire area. Buy a house in the Midlands, mate. Midlands. Oh, sorry. Um, so yes, yeah, so no. It's, it's a completely different life for me now. Um, sort of not having that routine was hard to get used to. Not having that immaturity. You you you, you, you realize when you're retired that when you start professionally at seventeen, eighteen, your maturity stops improving or maturing by the time you retire at 33 34 35 you are an 18 year old in the real world and you can't go into an office and plum shot someone or call someone a favorite word mm. um it's it's a whole different world um and uh yeah but to fair the lines being back being involved with this just getting back into rugby yeah, i love it and and you've always been a big supporter of the matt hampson foundation um we've we've been to many events together and part of the davidson homes you know they've built up uh two of the lodges is it now at the hambo foundation is that right yeah no hambo's uh obviously he got his big center built which is uh to help guys rehabilitate from spinal injury sportsmen women even if they're not related to sport it's, you know, it's, it's a place for people to go receive the best treatment be around like-minded people and actually just learn how to live with whichever way their life is taken now Hambo's uh, dream was always to have accommodation for people to come because, like he was in Stoke Mandeville, he was in hospital for 12 months. He was then sent home. Going from an able body playing rugby, one terrible accident in a scrum, and then you, you can't move all by your neck. It's it's a life-changing uh, life changing thing. So Hambo wanted almost, I suppose it's a halfway house almost. People can come to the centre, they can stay there with the families, with potentially new carers. Mm. And just learn to adapt because, you know, I broke mine now. I spoke to Hambo a huge amount before I returned back to rugby just to see, is it the right decision? And you see what Hambo is doing. And Christ, you do it over and over again. You'd never change the decision to, to come back to play rugby. So fantastic. The uh, Obviously, Davidson's who I'm involved with uh, offered to get involved and have actually now helped uh, deliver two uh, fully equipped lodges uh, to help. Yeah, people come to the centre, I think, as soon as they're open, which is a couple of weeks. There's already two people destined to go in them and they'll start their rehab journey and hopefully get home as soon as possible. So, yeah, fantastic. I think anyone who doesn't know Matt Hampson, he's, he's, he's so <clears throat> inspirational because, you know, he had this injury, which was horrendous, but he wasn't happy just, you know, getting support and funding for himself that he went out 
and has helped so many other people who aren't as fortunate to have the rugby community yeah, yeah. or people behind him. And I just think it's incredible. And, um, you know, what you're doing is unbelievable yeah, as mate, well. He's a class guy. I mean, once he got his 80-inch TV sorted, he was out helping the world. <laughs> so, uh, and he's, uh, he's a Lions, uh, one of the Lions uh, official charities as well. So hopefully that name will just you know yeah. spread across the world and get more and more support. No, they're, they're doing unbelievable work and fair play to, to your company and everyone else that supports as well. It's been unbelievable. Mm. Um, Goody, moving on. You've watched a good bit of rugby over the last uh, 24, 40 hours. Yeah. Obviously, being the uh, having my sort of insight into Japanese rugby, I was uh, needed for Channel <laughs> Four um, to watch the Ireland Japan game. Um, you took my gig, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you were too pissed from Sandown, so uh, they couldn't get hold of you. They drafted me in the was, last minute. I was going down the track and horseback at that stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I was over there. Um, heard a few more stories about you. Uh, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> you it off camera. You did. They get worse, I tell you. you didn't hear anything about me over there. Stephen Ferris was very oh, honest. Me, great man, by the me way. And my best great friend. Man. He's yeah. in great nick as well. Goodness me. He's a big boy, Fezzes. Fair boy. play to him. But yeah, no, um, I think in, in the game, um, Japan showed us again how great they are at moving the ball. You know, scored some unbelievable tries. I think Ireland will probably be a little bit disappointed in themselves. They weren't great. Second half, they had to kick the ball a lot and go very structured to sort of grind the game down and win it. Um, and uh, to the dismay of Luke's, Luke Fitzgerald, who was uh, quite critical on comms about it. But yeah, as you would know, Sean, he known well. Lukey is, he's absolutely hilarious. One of the best fellas you'll like have a conversation with because he's so opinionated. Be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't agree with you. He, he's just, he, he wants, he wants to, he wants to have an argument about stuff, but he is quite, he's actually very knowledgeable about rugby and, and life in general. But he's, uh, he's entertaining. That's how I describe him to be around. I thought so, you might have played Scrabble with him. He's quite an intelligent bloke. Yeah, 2009. No, he wasn't from Leicester, so he can play. <laughs> Leicester, Leicester, Scarlet. <laughs> didn't make the call. Yeah. You can't spell, can you? Leicester, yes. What about England game? Um, yeah, a lot of 12 debutants for England. Um, again, some of the talent on the show was unbelievable. Um, I just think the consistency. Eddie will probably be a bit disappointed with the errors. You know, so many great half breaks or little breaks and then just throwing those offloads you, you can't do in Test Rugby. Um, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that USA let, let, scored four tries as well. I mean, do you, do you not think that's just down to, I think the last time there were that many debutants was 1986. I'm going to throw that. You won't, you won't check that. Good Googling. We'll go with that. Um, do you not think it's so many guys out there just wanting to prove a point that it's, it's snatching at balls, it's trying to go that extra yard, get the miracle offload, which caused that. And on top of that, who do you think was the uh, standout player? I think there's always that over-eagerness when you the first cap and you want to do well, you want to impress Eddie. And, and I don't think anyone played badly in that sense. I just think there was just a few times where you think if you just kept hold of it a few more phases, you would have scored. But that's part of the learning development. It's a new team. The cohesion isn't there. Um, I, I was really impressed with Freddie Stewart, um, obviously Leicester boy. Um, he he played really well. Was accomplished, very assured, um, proper full sized fullback. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very small on camera right here next to you. If anyone's watching, um, but yeah, no, he 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 was very good. And Marcus Smith was assured. Um, I was impressed with uh, Lewis Ludlow as a captain to come in and do well himself. Just do his his own work, his own tackles, work hard, but also lead the guys with such so many new players was mm. impressive. So uh, there's, there's a lot of guys who put their hand up and, and did well. I think for Eddie, it's looking at how they perform, how they prepare, how they train, everything about it, and hopefully, you know, four or five of these guys will come through into the, the next squad. 
which is, which is the whole idea of it. It's not 15 players getting new caps to come through. It's hopefully we'll get three or four. Freddie Stewart, for example, Marcus Smith mm-hmm. will now become a regular and start pushing the guys who have been in those spots for a long time, which hopefully will bring some good things. Yeah, and I think, obviously, that's probably my... The the, the difference between Ireland and England was Ireland went as pretty much as full strength apart from what Kean Healy, Sexton, maybe one other... Um, and they weren't quite as impressive. Obviously, playing a, a tougher team, but it probably didn't showcase for me as much as you'd want to see from some of the young guys. I don't know what you yeah. thought. No, that's probably the thing I think that that Ireland could be missing a little bit of X factor when you take away the Jack Conans and you know the Johnnies, Keens, the older crew that are there kind of now. I know Jack's not old, but you take away that element and you put in someone new. The, it's always been a thing that people need to bed in to Ireland, like the Ireland system, first and foremost. And to be fair, I will say that we only really saw Ireland expanding their game plan in that England game last year. That was the first time I've seen them like throw offloads, move the point of contact uh, from where we had been playing a lot the last previous few years because it was gone so, so structured that teams were just eating us up physically. And that England-Ireland game last year was the first time I've seen Ireland just move around a lot. Um, so to bring in all the new guys that they have now as well into that squad even though there's quite a few older guys still there like I thought Pierre Manny was very impressive at the weekend again um, Josh Van der Fleer was a machine again um, but yeah it's just it takes a bit of time I think and because I suppose the the differences in the provinces as well some some of the provinces try to play this on structured rugby some of them play a little bit more structured getting into that environment for the 10 days they're in there trying to get back up to where they left off against England is, is going to be difficult so I think you'll see a little bit more now this weekend coming of that more expansive type of game that they're trying to get to and trying to play a little bit more so hopefully hopefully it happens and did uh, anyone catch the Wales-Canada game? Oh yeah yep. no. uh, well, New Zealand When's uh, that on? When's, the, when's that on? <laughs> <laughs> I only saw the clip from uh, Nick Tompkins who put on his social media Great footwork, so... Uh, mate, I've, got, I've got kids, mate. The yeah. child, I, I'm lucky to watch the Lions. <laughs> Two dogs. I've been playing Lego the rest of the time. So. <laughs> what, what, what are you building at the moment? Uh, Lego Mario. Oh, awesome. that'd be Makes good. Makes noises when you pop around. Does it? Yeah. Uh, Lego's gone terrible. up in the world since I was yeah. yeah. Unbelievable <laughs> scenes. I, I do... I was just going back to the Tonga game, the New Zealand Tonga game. I actually watched the highlights of that. Yeah. Um, Very studious of you, mate. And I, 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 to be honest with you, I felt sorry for Tonga. Um... Just, I don't know, the captain's uh, interview afterwards as well is is, is hard to watch. Uh, just his emotion and bits and pieces like that. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're getting probably the support they need. Um, and like to go out and you look at the first, in the first 12 minutes, New Zealand scored three tries. And it was like, you'd swear Tonga weren't coached how to defend, for instance. And that's that's my point. Are they getting the right people in place? Are they, is, are they getting what they need as players to actually try and perform against someone like that? Or is it just a case of right rocking up and right do your best type of thing, lads? And that's basically what he said afterwards, which is which is tough in in this in the rugby world that we're living in now. That we should all get good opportunities. They should have the same opportunities as everyone else. So, I felt I felt bad for them after that game. Um, they looked dejected after obviously hundred and one points, wasn't it? To nil. Do you think they should be exposed to that type of game, or do they need to have? Yeah, I, I, I don't think to do, especially if they're in that in that place where they haven't got the support they need, or they haven't got the right people in the right places right now. Like, what, 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 what have Tonga gotten out of that game? Yeah, what do they do now? What, well, yeah, what do they do? Yeah. So, I, I think because of infrastructure, though, you know, they supply so much talent to the world, or Zealand, 
England, Ireland, whoever, take so much of the talent. But we have to give back to grow the game. Everyone has to give to grow the game. And they need to be given, you know, you know, the right coaches, help with that, the training facilities, mm. so they can fly to games and not just be shipped over last minute and, and, you know, struggle for games. And I think it's a big issue because the Pacific Islands don't get the support they deserve and yet we all love to watch them. We love to see Tongans run over people, with Samoans hit people hard or Fijians step people. Yeah. It's one of the glories of the game, but if they don't get the support, the gap will just widen and that's a problem for world rugby. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's all we have time for this week. Tom Croft, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Right, it's been lovely to see you. Thank, mate, good catching up. Yes. Love it, always. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for watching and listening to the House of Rugby Powered by Vodafone. House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed. <laughs>